This is MJ, I love Tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk about Kamen Rider 01, episode 33. This is MJ Loves Toku 51. I basically want to talk about Yaiba Yua's journey and how she's been thrown down and cast aside by. No. Uh, <laughs> um, or how she deserves to be, you know, written out of the. Sh no, of course not. Come on, guys. Let's, let's not be that way. Yaiba Yua's journey throughout Kamen Rider 01 has been interesting. Uh, it has been more quiet to the side and in the background than I hoped for. And uh, honestly, there were some things I did not like in this episode that uh, had me a little bit concerned. But ultimately, I think the creative team did right by Yaiba. So uh, going over to the credits real quick. This episode was written by the same guy as last time, whose name I will find shortly. Ah, here we go. So, Masaya Kakehi was the one who wrote this episode, and Ryuta Tasaki was the director. Again, this episode is called, Is Having a Dream That Important? And I think as opposed to uh, pontificating on a bunch of other stuff, I will actually talk about that idea. In this show, is having a dream that important? And I'll talk about it in the context of Yaiba Yua, because she is a character who uh, states clearly that she doesn't have a dream. Now... This focus on dreams has been kind of an undercurrent of the show all along, being that Hidden Industries um, has, uh, they don't really have the motto, take off toward a dream, but that's what the, um, the human gears say when they start up, and uh, I think something in the progress belt also says something about taking off towards a dream, and uh, Aruto has been talking about how human gear, our humanity's dream, are, are the you know vehicle through which humanity's dreams will be achieved. And those are sentiments I appreciate, but, uh, or, and I should say, uh, Fua at some point came to seize a dream and grasp a dream of his own after admitting that he didn't have a dream. And I really enjoyed the turn in this episode that Yaiba didn't all of a sudden have a dream herself to hold on to. And it was funny, um, we get to see that having a dream and going for that dream doesn't make you noble or heroic or pure or good at all because somebody else has a dream besides Aruto and besides Fua and, you know, besides the Humagears who have been helped throughout this process, like Delmo from last episode, it turns out that none other than the white-gloved menace, um, I just came down the spot, so that's why it derailed me, uh, Mr. Zaya, a Matsu guy, also has a dream. And in order to achieve his dream, he's willing to, uh, what is it, beg, steal, or barter? Uh, he's willing to do anything and everything he has to manipulate and treat people as tools, as inhuman, as beneath him in order to achieve his dream because he believes that grasping his dream is more important than anybody else. Uh, well, than anybody else and than the rights of anybody else. And that's interesting, especially when we have a character like Yaiba Yua who has no dream. And because she has no dream, the show insinuates she didn't know how to stand against uh, Zaya and Amatsu guy in what they were doing. And not until she woke up from her stupor, uh, from her nightmare, so to speak, was she able to remember that she is a person who has certain beliefs and that she is going to stand by those beliefs. She believes that technology is a means to make people happy. And when she sees the suffering, the great suffering inflicted upon her best frenemy, Isamu Fua, she 
can no longer stand to be under Zaya's control. And after having a little conversation with him, she understands that her feelings and her mind, uh, the power of her mind and her emotions really, can even overcome technology, which is something she says as she delivers a uh, finishing blow to Amatsu Guy, which is like the fifth time we've seen him all bloodied and stuff after uh, his suit blows up around him after being beaten by somebody, and that just tickles me. But anyway, seeing how hurt he is, she is awakened and she falls back to her principles, to her beliefs. Yaiba firmly states that she believes that technology should be made to help people. And if you want to go back to the roots of the show, to the roots of her character, to what we first saw with her, she mentioned that technology, that human gears are only a tool and tools are to be used. That's an incomplete statement though because of the machinations and the scheming and the state that she was in at that time. Only now when she's fully awakened to herself can she finish that statement and declare that tools are a tools and technology are created with a purpose and should only be allowed to continue to exist as long as they serve the purpose of helping, not harming. And uh, interestingly enough, if you go back to you know your elementary school physics or the fundamentals of the definitions of these words, you'll learn that a tool or a machine is anything that is uh, designed to do work. Now why it is important that these things are to do work and how is doing work inherently good? Well first of all, it isn't inherently good because while a hammer or a knife or a shovel or any of these other tools can be used for producing something, they can also be turned against a human and turned against their primary usage and turned into a weapon of uh, dealing death, right? Uh, we all know that, and that's something that, that's the fear about the human gear, aside from the societal uh, collapse of, you know, they're going to take our jobs and those sorts of things. But the, like, at the very root of a tool or machine, uh, it's something that is useful. It does work, it performs work, or aids in humans performing work so that humans don't have to. And the purpose of that is human flourishing. When societies first started to develop, once they had uh, technology that would enable them to uh, do more with less or do uh, the same amount of work in, in much uh, shorter amount of time, it enabled humanity to flourish. And uh, we can get into all sorts of debates and discussions and whatever if you really want to, but if you look at it, the utility of machines, of devices, is that they enable humans to be better off. And, you know, in this, uh, Anyway, I don't believe in late-stage capitalism. I believe in crony capitalism, and I believe that it should be uh, executed as efficiently as possible by the free market, but that's neither here nor there. The point is that all tools exist and are inherently uh, made for the purpose of human flourishing and human happiness, and when they no longer are serving that purpose, they should be modified, dealt with, whatever, and if a human is doing that, well, that's where things get a little trickier. But I think we can all agree that Yaiba, do it, that Yaiba did do the right thing by standing against Amatsu Guy and Zaya, this machine, this corporation that he has constructed in order to uh, enact his malefic dream on the world. And uh, that's something I think is really great. And while her character arc, I think, has been underserved and underutilized throughout this show, for whatever reasons, you can blame that on whatever you want. I think it's important that she was able to have this arc and that at the end of the episode, she walks away with Metsubo Jinrai in order to help them free Naki and do whatever they're gonna do to stand against a Matsu guy. And that's very powerful and that's very important and it's all stuff I like.
There's other things I could say, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go ahead and leave it here because uh, that's uh, that's all I have to say. I have a new canned outro. I hope you all enjoy it. Although I do want to say I loved, again, the shots of her transforming the couple times with the lines under her eyes like the original Kamen Rider. They feel so much like tears and they feel so appropriate for her character because she is in, in a state of sadness and she's upset about what she has to do and she was heartbroken over what had been done to Fuwa, which I'm not going to talk about right now. Maybe I'll refer to it in the next episode, but if you watch the episode, you know what happened and I think it's pretty neat. Um, and I like his resolution uh, after hearing that and I was a little bit afraid that he was overshadowing her with how things went, but he ended up kind of pushing off Guy to give her a moment to regain herself and then be able to defeat him, which was really awesome to see. So, uh, other than that, I don't have much to say. Check out my Redbubble uh, store. I'm going to have information about that in the link, and then also uh, my little blurb is going to mention it. But before that, always remember, you don't have to shout Henshin to be a hero. If you enjoyed this, like, comment, and share to help me grow. You can even support me through coffee or Redbubble. Visit mjmunios.com slash podcast to find a variety of my podcasts where I analyze Star Wars, Tokusatsu, comics, and more. You can always chat with me at mj underscore scribe. I'm on Twitter there. And if you visit mjmunios.com slash support, you can find out about all the ways you can support me and help me to grow and keep on doing this kind of creative work that I enjoy so much. Thank you and take care.